yet. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Sheep Podcast. My name is Ryan and I'm joined, as always, by Matt, Sage Vernon, Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Uh, I'm doing fine. This time. Sage Vernon must have worked since Kyrie's playing home games. The Nets might be the seventh seed. Like, or we might get a Boston Brooklyn first round. This was glorious. I'm, I'm feeling good. Just uh, if I told you Boston Brooklyn was a first round matchup at the beginning of the year, what would your reaction been? Someone done messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh no like i'm i'm cool with it you know this is i'm I'm full on the email udoka bandwagon like we're not scared of anybody this is uh, this is the uh this is why we play the games you know like Mm -hmm. i think at the beginning of the season everyone would have had slotted the nets as potential top one or two seed and they're not they're now in the play-in this week which is just bananas off the wall but that's why we love the league. That's why we love covering the league, Matt. That's why we love talking about basketball. And that's what we're going to do today. Are you ready for that? I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so good, too. I, we're back. I had some sickness going on. Freaking flu. I couldn't come up with a flu game. Uh, we are going to record it a couple of weeks ago. That got nixed. And then life kind of got caught up with us. But now we're back. And I'm pumped to be back. Uh, before we get too further into episode 137 and our recap of uh, this NBA season, which has been wild, uh, fo- give, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you haven't already, give us a follow uh, and give us a rating there as well. We greatly appreciate it. Matt. People miss if you missed 130 episode 136. We talked about some Cancun, some teams headed to Cancun. We did some March Madness. What was your what was your thoughts on the whole March Madness? With the the Kansas coming up and winning the tournament. The I I know we have a biased perspective because we're you know Oklahoma State fans and got banned from the tournament, and then the president of NCAA was handing uh the you know championship trophy to a team who had clearly cheated but that's neither here nor there Matt. um because i i don't want to get into it re- rehashing this again um i still firmly believe villanova would have should have won that championship if justin moore didn't blow out his achilles against oh, houston dang in the elite eight they're they're the team i picked I I don't think Kansas and Ochai Agbaji, their kind of main um, draft prospect, would have caught off to the start they they did if Justin Moore's in the game. I really again not to get too draft right now because um, we have the summer for that. Like going into March Madness, I had Justin Moore as like a fringe first round pick, and just this six four wing athlete who could shoot the heck out of the ball and defend like crazy and then villanova had nobody like that to guard kansas so Mm. that hurt a little bit um but whatever weird tournament ryan i wanted duke um once more got hurt just because i wanted to watch duke more coach k yeah 
and not because I like Duke. I just wanted to see their guys, you yeah. know, for the sake of the draft. And then, uh, then they fell apart too against North Carolina. I don't shout out Hebert Davis. Shout out like I do okay, turn so, that program around in a year. So I, I, to be honest, I haven't watched much college basketball and I don't really have much of an opinion. How the heck did North Carolina make it to the championship game? They totally fell apart there in that second half. And I, like their guards couldn't hit a shot and like they were reliant on their one big man. And that was, that was, all their, that, that was their whole, whole game plan. And once you went down, like with a minute left, it was pretty clear. Like they didn't have enough, but like even like their perimeter guys, like, yeah, that's why, like, when we talked last about teams that I thought could legitimately win the title, didn't include North Carolina, because as we always talk about, guards win games. Like, at the yeah. end of the day, like, guys who have the ball a lot determine the outcome of the game. And I didn't ever trust North Carolina's guys. Like, neither of them are, like, very real draft prospects to me. Like, Caleb Love's interesting, I guess, but, like, I wouldn't draft him still, even after that tournament run. I still wouldn't draft him. So he like, he he's like the most like irrational confidence guy I think I've seen in a bit. Oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. He, um, was, he was bricking left and right and still putting up shots. Like he was like ten for ten. It was incredible. Like, took really to heart Dion Waiters, you know, <laughs> comment about like I don't want to be zero for ten. I want to be zero for thirty. Like, you know, like. He took that to heart, and I don't think it would have made North Carolina any better if he didn't, to be honest. Like, they just didn't have anyone else. So, I, I really think it's a credit to them for getting as far as they did, but, like, they shouldn't have been in there. Like, in all season, this was a weird college basketball year. No clear number one. So, I'm not totally shocked. I want to come back to this once we start getting back towards draft time. And everything because I have some very real thoughts about some guys, but um, and how the tournament went for them. But again, not for today. We're, we need to focus on the NBA and um, some guys, I guess, no longer in the NBA, like Frank Vogel. <laughs> what a say, what a transition. Uh, Ryan, we'll we'll do a full Lakers bit here in a minute. But I just I laughed. Like that's all. I just laughed last night. The, so for context, if you hadn't been following up with this Lakers uh, tid, tidbit like we have, the the fact that uh, – so Adrian Wojnarowski tweets that Frank Vogel is more than likely not going to be the coach of the Lakers next season before the Lakers told Frank Vogel that he was not going to be the coach of the Lakers next season. And that – if you're curious, that sums up the Lakers all in one – this season all in one little sentence there. Cause like it's a dumpster fire. Like that organization is dumpster fire. And I, it's just a Tweets bad situation. Night, Frank Vogel is expected to be told Monday. He's no longer the coach. No, he's expected to now be told tonight because you tweeted it. <laughs> That's uh, not how that works. Uh, yeah. Just incredible. We'll get back to this here in a minute. Um, other things. Alvin Gentry is not going to be the coach for Sacramento. He interned with them this year. Um, felt like forever ago that was in Sacramento, this whole debacle with their coach. Um, so he's not returning as the main guy next year. Um, two guys that did get an extension, Mike Malone in Denver and Chris Finch in Minnesota. Um, so two West teams that went to crap. Their guys go. 
two teams that somehow survived and really thrived, all considering they got extensions. Do a good job, get get paid. Don't do a good job or get put in a bad position, don't get paid. I mean, like, Chris Finch is, I mean, I would imagine a short list for Coach of the Year with some people because, like, I mean, when's the last time Minnesota won more than, like, 40 games? They're at 46 I mean, they wins. The, the one Butler year, you know? Yeah. But, like, they, like, haven't been good since KG otherwise. Right. It's, like, this year and that other year, and then that's been it in, like, yeah. 15 years. Yeah. No, he he's not a name I see thrown around enough, to be honest. Um, what he's done, absolutely incredible there. So, and Malone doesn't get as much credit because, you know, Jokic, but. 48 wins for a team that was projected to really not get that many wins is is great for them. To develop the Bones Highland type of guys that they have and just all the random guys that they've had to throw out there is, uh, is pretty amazing still. So Malone does deserve some credit for that, but absolutely. Um, let's move on. Let's let's just get to it. So one, two, three, Cancun, our favorite segment. It's back. We started it last time. It's back today. So we have some additions. You know, it's funny, Ryan. The last time we recorded, we were like, you know, this was before the Blazers went full tank. And we're like, are are they still vying for for that play in? And I swear, like immediately after we recorded it, nope. Like they just said, watch this. Um, the Wizards, I don't, I don't think they were tanking, but we'll talk to them about them here in a minute. But of course, the one we'll spend the most time on, most time on, is Los Angeles, not the Clippers, the Lakers. So we we started there with the vocal bit. Um, we'll we'll come back to this now. What? A disaster. Like, and not even his fault, I would say. Like, did Vogel make some mistakes? Yeah. Like, there were some games where it's just like, what who why are you playing him? But then you remember, well, who else is he gonna play? So um I know like Lakers Twitter got up in a tizzy when he like basically didn't play Austin Reeves in that one Denver game. Mm. You know like a week or two ago now. But like to me, and I wanted to reference that game specifically, I think he didn't play. Like he just a coach's decision DMP. Um and knowing like if they lost that game, they were done. I think that was his very small way of saying, fine, you want me to play your guys, here you go. Most important game of the year we are going to get eliminated tonight if we lose let's throw out your guys and see what happens mm. and of course they lost yeah i i think that was kind of a subtle like all right i won't play my guy and he said like after the game like oh you know austin little shooting slump needed to you know ground him a little bit and you know he'll come back better blah 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 whatever right to me as much as anything that was a fine have it your way yeah and that's how it goes. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, we've talked about this throughout the year with the Lakers, but it's not all Vogel's fault, right? Like, no, 
it's not his fault that he was handed this roster with a bunch of 12th guys, like fringe rotation guys. I expected um, to do something with them. Um, I, I, I just don't understand this logic. Like your guy won you a championship like a season and a half ago. Like how many months ago were we talking about the Lakers as a championship team? Like less than 24. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like 18 months ago, we were talking about them as champions and all of a sudden like you're firing him because he couldn't get Russell Westbrook and Austin Reeves and Wayne Ellington to play defense. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah, that might be his fault. That may be in his job description of like getting those guys to play defense, but like, are you really that shocked that he couldn't get them to play defense? That's like, that's like, that's like, it's like allow it, putting a kid in a candy shop and saying, you can't eat any of the candy. Like, are you really that shocked when the kid like just eats like five pieces of candy within the first minute? No. So, and we can kind of talk about, in combination with this, the uh, the absolute disaster that was the bench slash starters, but it's like the front office didn't realize why there was a drop off between the team that won a championship, the personnel that made up that what was a truly elite defense, and this one. They're like, why is it not the same thing? Like. Why can't you do the same thing with this group that you did with that group? Like there was no coherent understanding that like Vogel, it's not just like him teaching something like, Oh yeah, I'm just not teaching it this year. Like, like there's no fundamental understanding that this group was not the same as the old group and that they couldn't play that same way. Right. Or it's the complete opposite. They were very intentional about giving him all the guys who would quote unquote be like offensive guys, but then it's like shocking that he couldn't maximize them defensively, you know? So it's one or the other. It's either complete incompetence for giving him the wrong pieces or complete incompetence for giving him what they thought were the right pieces for his system. Either way, it's really bad. So between Palenka, Rambus, Bus, whoever else, like, you had to bring in DJ Augustine, who got waived by the Rockets, to like give you something. Avery Bradley was waived by the Warriors yeah. like two days before the season started. Yeah, he was Avery like a big Bradley. rotation guy for you. Come on, like this guy's—he's been done for four years. What are we doing? Wayne Ellington like couldn't hit a shot this year, but like, yeah, he's like thirty-six. Um, Dwight Howard, Kendrick Nunn just didn't play this year. Straight up didn't play. Um, Trevor Ariza. Really, really know. Yeah. Ariza. Yeah. Trevor Ariza. I was told all offseason how great of a uh, signing that was. Um, 24 games played and um, how many points per game? Uh, 4.0. 4.0. Again, um, when was the last time he was actually good? That's the thing. It's like this idea of guys who were good like five years ago. Like if you brought in Trevor Ariza five years ago, that's good. That's a good move. Like that's a good pairing next to LeBron, right? But like that was five years ago, Trevor Ariza. He's how old now? 
God, like 36, about to turn 37 in the summer. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not a good, that's not a good fit. Right. Like that's not, that's not who you want as a main piece of your rotation or as who thought, who was thought of to be a main piece of your rotation. Yeah. I think the biggest thing of this whole, and we've talked about it on and off on this podcast too, about THT and his lack of development, um, really kind of, I think, stunned this Lakers team because I thought at least it, it appears that they were really high on THT coming into the season and his ability to create and play make and score for himself, and he really wasn't able to do any of that. No. And, you know, he, it, it was funny to me that he had, like, that big, like, 40-point game or something. Like, that's, what, second to last game of the year? Yeah. I think it was because Malik went for – 41 in their last game um and it's like oh my god like see like this guy should be getting more minutes and opportunity all year blah 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 it's like we saw Jalen Horde get signed by the Thunder and the same day go for what 27 and 21 (laughs) yeah 20 and 20 just incredible when there's no one else to take a shot and you're just like they're just letting you chuck it 30 times like you're gonna score, like right. Each day right. is an NBA player. He is, but I don't know if is he this like play. blue chip piece though? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And for as much as I could knock all these moves, I think it would have been fair if like you brought in like three or four of these guys. Yeah. The problem is you brought in like ten of them. <laughs> you re- re- overhauled the roster to be all of these guys, right? Yeah, and it's just like, how did you think this was going to work? Like, and it's stupid on all of us for also thinking like, well, you know what, Russ, AD, LeBron, like that'll be enough to still carry this team to fifty-ish wins. Like, yeah, you know, that's on us too for doing that. But that was more so just a trust in like LeBron, you know. Right. And maybe that's where the front office is coming from. Like, we just trust LeBron. Yeah. But I don't, you can trust LeBron and still give him something decent to work with. You know? <laughs> right. You I mean, Cle- garbage. Cleveland did it. I mean, there's a bunch of that at, at his destination. The Heat did it, right? Like, they, they, yeah. I'm sure, consulted him on some stuff, but they also did what they thought would work best and that worked out for them for the most part. I mean, I was one of the people who had them as a top two seed in the West. Yeah, I did too. Just again, was trying to believe Russ, AD and LeBron, even if they weren't playing together would play enough games, like as each the leader and they were still going to be good enough to do it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like LeBron held up his end of the deal. I think for the most part. Yeah. And the other two guys, and we've talked about Russ, but Anthony Davis just like couldn't stay healthy long enough to hold up his end of the bargain. Yeah. And you know, we're we're supposed to be talking about this guy as the MVP candidate, all NBA type of guy. And he just wasn't that this year. Yeah, no point did he look like a top ten player in the league this year. Right. Right. Couldn't shoot. Just body just looked like a mess you're right couldn't stand the floor for like long periods of time basically missed the last two months of the year yeah like he just wasn't reliable on or off the court right like a bad person just wasn't reliable 
Um, okay. Let's just go here also. The Magic Johnson bit. Nowhere else is this a thing, right? Like, Larry Bird isn't going on Boston radio and not even Boston radio. You know, first Indiana. Yeah, whatever. And, and doing this, like, this doesn't happen, like, in other cities. But the fact that Magic Johnson still acts like he's a part of the Lakers organization and give some BS, like, you know, talk show interview segment is incredible in and of itself, if we're being honest. Like, that's just something else. But then for it to be like, oh, we we could have done this, that. I I handed them DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, that was great. That was great. The whole, like, oh, we could have had DeRozan and healed and and – like Caruso. all the Caruso and you know kept all these guys and it's like okay that's cool like DeRozan maybe gets you a couple more wins but like DeRozan's playing so well because there's other people around him in Chicago it's not just him like I think that's that's the part like that's just totally lost on people it was like yeah you could add DeRozan but he's still playing next to people who can't shoot. The reason he's doing so well in Chicago is because most of the time he's surrounded by four other shooters. Yeah. And like, they're honestly at their best when you have two great defenders next to him, like Caruso and Ball, maybe also Patrick Williams. You give him an inside threat like Vooch. You, you know, pair him with Zach Levine as someone else. I can take the ball out of his hands. Create good stretches of time. Right. And like, then give him the ball in crunch time. That's also like when LeBron wants the ball. Right. Like DeRozan would have helped this team. Like full stop. He would have helped this team. Like, I don't know if they're like in the top six seeds in the West, but I think he would have helped the team. Now, and Bobby Marks talked about this um, from ESPN. Like, okay, let's say you got DeRozan. You would have been hard capped because it would have had to be via sign and trade. Mm. There is absolutely no real way you could have then also got healed because you would have had to, again, trade things to get DeRozan and you've had to trade things to get buddy healed you already don't have any draft capital because of the ad trade right where where is this coming from and then on top of it like caruso would have been needing to come back for the malik monk like ish deal like or kendrick nunn deal of like five ish million dollars right and you're saying you would have kept caldwell pope Caldwell right. Pope probably would have been in one of those trades for healed <laughs> to make for- the money work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no way this would have actually happened. Like, even if you like sign and trade Horton Tucker, or wait, are you saying you want to keep Horton Tucker? Like, that's right. He just kind of like completely dismantled the the concept of Magic's idea of like, no, that's not how you could have done this. Yeah. Like if you're doing so many things via acquisition, like you have to be giving something up, <laughs> you know? It, so, it, it, it's such it's such a like I don't know, pipe dream that 
like you're like you're saying, it's such a pipe dream that all of this would have happened. But like seriously, like what you gave up all this stuff for Anthony Davis, and like you don't. That's the reason why you couldn't do anything at the trade deadline too. Like getting into it more, like like this team was locked for a reason, and like it's not just the Westbrook thing either. It's because. Anthony Davis makes what like 30% of the cap and LeBron makes 30% of the cap. Yeah, not a great look there. That's uh, a that's 60%. And yeah, and then you just have no draft capital trying to acquire guys on teams who are looking to acquire draft capital. Like as we saw with the Spurs for you know in this instance, like they wanted stuff back, like right. from Chicago, like in terms of like draft like they only saw them do the deal with boston later in the year they wanted draft picks back for Derek white like what if you weren't offering tht and a pick you didn't have an offer like you you just didn't along with any young guys and that's even assuming and this is a great point brought up the spurs would have traded with you right like no no guarantee that would have even happened they've been like no shove it like not helping you (laughs) Send him to Chicago instead. Like, well, that's that's the other thing is like if you all of a sudden get in a bidding war with for Demar Derozan, like there's another team who's gonna outbid you eventually. Yeah, or if you have to get into a bidding war to get him, now you're definitely not getting healed. You know, healed. Yeah. Maybe Caruso is a sign in trade in that deal then as a part to make the deal happen. Like it. It's just like the idea that Magic Johnson one has this kind of influence still, and he might from the like all the reports like he might still actually have like a significant level of influence, but then two to like go on national media and like just blow smoke up your butt about what could have should have been for the Lakers, to, like make himself look better is like, is that hit still bitterness about how the whole Plinka thing shook out? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like it, it, it totally is. This feels like nothing different than like the former president still <laughs> doing stuff and press tours and stuff around America about the election. You know, like the, the, this is on like the same level of like nonsensicalness to me. So, just out of the left field. Doesn't make yeah, any like, sense. You don't know what you're talking about, do you? Like you're just saying things that make you sound good. So no real way to back it up. Um, Talking about Russ and AD, though, we'll transition to players again. Ryan, again, not to get back on the Russ trade. We've litigated that 100 times over. But this exit interview today was something else. (laughs) I didn't see much of this. You'll have to to tell me about this, okay? So he went for like 20 minutes. And, you know, it's just back and forth with reporters, you know, pretty much the whole time. Typical Russ stuff, too, I'm sure. Generally speaking, like, these are uninteresting. I yeah. don't care. Like, even for, like, this type of team, generally don't care. Like, players are usually smart. And, like, they're not going to say anything. Like, LeBron, AD, Melo, like, they're not going to say anything that, like, besides I'm excited for next year, you know, we know, you know, AD was like, yeah, if we weren't hurt so much, like, we still think we would have won championship. Like, okay, yeah, like, we can, you know, debate all that, but, like, it's non, you know, doesn't mean anything. Yep. Russ comes out today and just 
I don't know if he meant to, but just how he carries himself all the time, it comes across as like a, if y'all going to like come at me, I'm going to come back shooting. And, mm-hmm. and so knowing Russ, he's obviously just firing strays because he can't make anything. But um, <laughs> I mean, just incredible that I, he all but said, I'm not going to be a Laker next year. Oh my gosh. He was just like, um, here, let me pull this up. Let me get this going here. That, like, I don't know why Frank Vogel had a problem with me this year. Like, I, I was like, what? Like, let me, um, here, let me get this here, here, here. Uh, did you ever feel like you got to be yourself this season? Uh, very rarely. There were times in sports, but I, I, I was just trying to find my way. Um, LeBron and AD clear on, you know, saying all year, like, Hey, let Russ be Russ. He's like, well, if we're being honest, that wasn't really true. Like, um, Frank Vogel, you know, seemed to be some issues. Yeah. I don't really know any problem with me. I try to do everything he asked me to do and just never seemed like good, like, get it figured out with him. And it's just like, you were taking, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there are bits of the interview where it's like, he's like, yeah, you know, like I know there are things um, I, I got to hold myself accountable for, but it's all like honest to God in the most vague, non-discreet way of it. It's like how people who don't actually take accountability say I'm taking accountability. Yeah. And then just like, the real statements are them pushing it. Like, yeah, LeBron and AD, like, they, they, they say let Russ cook. Yeah, not really. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, you and Frank, like, couldn't really seem to get on the same page. Yeah, I don't know what his problem was with me all year. Like, I tried to get it. His say, problem, right. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know what to do with Russ at this point. Because, I, and again, you're a Russ truther because he helped build this franchise here in Oklahoma. Right. And I get it. And hey, I even had, like, I don't, I've never been the biggest Russ guy. But again, even I said, like, I think he'll help the Lakers, like, win some games just because he tries really hard and he cares a lot. And I think that worth, is worth something. I thought the Lakers team needed that. And I think they did. But for whatever reason, it never hit here i think the alpha dog thing is like a real thing with him and him and lebron would have not probably gotten along very well i imagine behind the scenes like i don't know maybe maybe that maybe they got along great but like i imagine russ is such like a this is like once he shows up to a place this is my team this is my team this who like i want to i want to take control of this team i want to have the ball and LeBron's not like that. Yeah, no. Like, Russ is like, LeBron's going to play with me. Right. LeBron's like, no, you you play with me. Like, And maybe, like, maybe at the end of the day, like, that's the thing Frank Vogel mismanaged the most this season was just, like, never being able to tame those two personalities or mix those two personalities very well. And that's a hard task to do, right? Like, it's almost near yeah. impossible. And – 
but we've seen it with like Brett Brown recently who just like couldn't manage all these different personalities in a locker room and it was to the demise of the team and ultimately their job. Right. And so Frank did a good job managing personalities when they were also good players and figured out how to play together. Yeah. They were winning. That was the thing though. They were winning. Right. Like, I think I forgot who it was. I think Tony Romo said a bunch of years ago, like the, the easiest way for secure culture or like locker room problems is just to start winning. And they never had that role of like two weeks where they won like eight, it went eight and two. Right. And so like that, I'm sure that played into a bunch too. Yeah. I, I think after today's interview, and I know again, the reports swirling like, Oh, Charlotte might be interested in Russ or Indiana might be everyone you know, can come up with the Knicks rumors and, you know, you can find trade destinations on trade machine for us. But I think after today's interview where, I mean, he threw Frank under the bus, like he really did. And it didn't sound like he put much stock into the LeBron and AD relationship between him and they. Yeah. I don't know what franchise is like, yeah, we're excited to bring that guy in now. You know, like he may have just like, that's like what you do when like you get fired from like a, a job and you just like burn bridges over like as you're yeah. walking out and you know, you you'll kick the boss's car like as you're going through the parking lot and you throw the birds up at security and everything like, like, okay, man, like you, you this is helpful. I mean, like it feels good in the moment. Yeah. So this is helpful for you like next year or like for your next job? No. What's I feel like we should get odds right now on Russ being on the Sacramento Kings this next year. So I'll be thinking about that, Ryan. If you're if you're Sacramento, why wouldn't you bring in Russ? I mean, you know you're gonna get an incredibly determined Russell Westbrook. Like just like full balls to the wall. Russell Westbrook. If I don't you, know if that's a good thing, but I mean, if you think he can get you thirty wins, isn't that the best outcome possible? If you're the Kings, I mean, they got twenty nine this year. Uh, if you get if this version of Russ guarantees you like somewhere in the ballpark between twenty five and thirty wins, wouldn't you do it? And like whatever Sabonis so and Fox get you another. 10 to 12. Like, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you sign up for that? If you have the Kings, no other franchise, just the Kings. I don't know if I would do it, but I could understand why the Kings would do it. The Kings are a thousand percent doing it. I've, I've been trying to be a fan of this franchise for the last like five years. And I can't because they do stupid stuff like this. I know they're, I mean, you can probably make it work, but I mean, you're, and you're really pushing it here, like between like Harrison Barnes, like I guess like Rashawn Holmes would have to be in the deal. Uh, man, you better be getting those two. Like we talked about the picks, um, I think off air. You better be getting a couple of those picks from the Lakers. Um, Give me that 2027 pick from the Lakers and I'll give you Harrison Barnes and I'll take back Russ. I don't, this just makes me feel dirty. 
THT yeah. and Russ. Give me THT and Russ. Well, the problem is like it's so dang hard to make the money work. I don't know if you can throw in THT. That's like $50 million in salary yeah, incoming. Like, bars, like you would have to holiday, throw holiday yeah. and like Mo Harkless. Let's see if we can get the money to work here. Uh, yeah, no, like that's what you'd have to do. I would, I'd be okay with that if I were the Kings. Barnes, Harkless, Holiday, Holmes for Russ and like the two future first. One year of Russell Westbrook. I could do that. I mean, if you're the Kings, you have like Fox, Westbrook, Sabonis, Davion Mitchell, whoever you draft this year, and whoever you go sign in free agency. Man, whatever head coach you're bringing in there, someone pray for that man. <laughs> or woman, alien. Bring in, bring in Frank Vogel. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, um, someone say a Hail Mary here. Um, I think I just broke him out. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, how, that's how dumb this whole situation is, though, Ryan. Like between Russ and the whole Frank thing, how it was handled. Like, this is so stupid. Like, I get like players, coaches, like, not getting along but like this this feels different than like i i just don't like the way we're playing you know yeah, this right. this is different than that this is like there's some deep-seated thing here that like russ like has held on to now for a long time over the course of the season right and because frank got fired it's like he felt vindicated <laughs> To be like, yeah, now I can get this off my chest and say this, and this everyone, everyone can agree with me because he got fired, right, coach. And it's like I, I don't think you understand that the public was on Frank's side here. Um, so just yeah, um, Brian, anything else on the Lakers before we wrap this up with them and just move on? I mean. This team's a dumpster fire. I'm glad we don't have to talk about them anymore until this offseason. And have fun in Cancun, Lakers. I'm very glad I don't have to watch them anymore. No more national TV games of the LA Lakers. They were on all the time. Why? One, they're the Lakers, and two, train wrecks are still, I guess, something to watch. Um, All right, talking about train wrecks here. Ryan. The Blazers, the ultimate tank job here. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a Blazers game since like February. So I, I don't, I got nothing for you on this one. Like, and for you, Simons is cool. And hopefully you get a top three pick or else Dame's asking out. 0 and 10 in their final 10 games to secure that clutch. Um, yeah. I mean, playing dudes that, I mean, they're battling it out with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, basically, both teams put out some G leakers and let that one go. So, I don't, I don't have much else to say. You're right. This draft better work out for them, whether it's they pick somebody or they trade the pick for somebody. It better work. Yeah, that's a, it's a. I mean, I don't know. Like they have some stuff, but like, there's, it, it still just didn't look great. 
with Chauncey. Like, that was the thing that never really clicked when Dame was playing this season. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. That's curious. They have to kind of figure that situation out. And if Dame even wants to end up being there. Um, if I'm Chauncey, I don't know if I want to be there. This is not I mean, what I this, signed up for. Yeah. This is all of a sudden like a rebuild. Yeah, you didn't add. Like, you signed on for CJ McCollum, Dame Lillard, Nurkic, and, you know, whatever else you're going to build with that. Is their top priority bring back Nurkic? Because I think he's – they didn't extend him this offseason, yeah, right? No, he's available. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they – do they love Nurkic? Do they not? I don't know. It's hard. I mean, like, off. it's hard with him. He's been injured. He's, like, had a major injury every other year. And, like, if you watch him, like, he can be really good. And then there's other times where – He's just kind of okay. Yeah. I mean, I think if you can bring him back at like, yeah, $12 million, sure, but um, probably can't break the bank for him. Um, yeah, very curious here. They need to, one, win the draft, and then two, like, land the player, whether it's the player they draft or the player they trade for with the pick. They got to land it. They got to. Yep. Um, otherwise – Moved to Vegas or something. Um, <laughs> Wizards, Ryan, five and five in their last ten. Like I said at the top, I don't think they were tanking. They just weren't very good. Mm. And again, I don't know if anyone watches the Wizards anymore. I, again, not fun. They, uh, I mean, like the bright spot is Kuzma, right? But like again, we'll a good season. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the thing with the Trailblazers. Like, what is Bradley Beal want to gonna do in this yeah. offseason? And it, I mean, with how many times he's thought about asking for a trade, it leads me to believe he's gonna ask for a trade. Russ back to Washington for Brad Beal. Like they can't. Yeah, I, they I can't. Don't. Right. But, um, I guess shout out Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia. Like a couple of young guys actually coming along for them. Took a little bit to get them started, but does it feel like a lifetime ago when the Wizards were like top of the East at like seven and three or whatever they were, ten and zero or whatever they started yeah. as? Like ten and three, I think it was ten yeah. and three. Uh, yeah, absolutely, just a disaster ever since then. Um, we all started talking about them. Like, wait, surprise team, like the no. Bulls? Uh uh-uh. uh No, nope. nope, not at all. Um. So I don't, I don't know the the Wizards. What do you do with Przingis? You keep him around? Yeah, sure. You got to pay somebody, you know. Yeah. So pay him, have him. I guess. I I think it just reemphasizes to the front office, like, hey, we're gonna get a draft pick. It's gonna be pretty good pick. Mm. Let's focus on not another big man, please. So right. just reemphasize that. See if you can get a young guard wing in there. Develop mm. them. Quit drafting like Corey Kispert. Like Corey Kispert, but like you don't need another 22-year-old white guy, like rookie. So. Who can shoot. Yeah, like let's get an actual playmaker in here. So keep producing this around to keep the team focused on building the right way. Yep. So for now. Um, yeah, just kind of a dumpster fire for these teams here, right? Just the dumpster fire of the season. 
And now we get to talk about like good teams from here on out. Playoffs yeah. only, Matt. Yeah, thank God. Um, good players for our next segment, Ryan. All Going NBA. To- All NBA. So we came up with our personal votes for first, second, third team, all NBA. And definitely some similarities here. I I think a lot of people have generally settled in on who the top 12 players are, I would say. Maybe if, you know, an individual here or there difference. But I think for the most part, um, a lot of these names are consensus names, but um, we do have some slight differences. So, Ryan, your first team. My first team, my guards are Devin Booker and Luka Doncic, and then my forwards are Giannis Antetokounmpo and Nikola Jokic, and then as my center, I have Joel Embiid for my first team. What about you, Matt? Luka, Booker, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Um, yeah, you know, dead on. Um, you don't feel bad at all about Embiid and Jokic. You don't feel the need to pick one. No, get that out of here. Give me the five best guys. Get all this. I know the league has positions, but obviously we moved into an era. Like, has Jokic ever played a minute forward in his life? No. But am I going to vote him first team forward? Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) I, I know. It's just the silly thing. Like these are, I think that all three top MVP candidates should be on uh, the first team. And I get that with Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Yeah, I know. Um, I I agree. Like, what are we doing? But <laughs> I hate this position lock dumb stuff. And then the league is like not posting like positions of like who's available at what position you apparently have to have like insider knowledge to get this information, which is just ridiculous. Well, like watching the bucks for most of the year, they were starting like Giannis and Portis next to each other. Giannis is bigger than Bobby Portis. Like why is Giannis not the center? And if he's really the center, then we would have technically three centers on this first team. Like, you know, Luca, Plays a lot of minutes this year with Brunson and Hardaway. So is Hardaway a forward and Luca is a guard? Or is Luca a forward? Right. And Hardaway still a guard? Like even though Luca's significantly bigger. Again, like I I don't know. I don't care. It's stupid. Um, but yeah, agree on the top five, first team, um, all NBA. All right, so let's just go second team now. Who do you have? So my second team is Stefan Jaw for my two guards. Tatum Durant as my two forwards and Carl Anthony Towns as my, as my center. Mm. What about you? Oh, some agreement here against Steph and jaw Tatum cat. My difference though, I do not have Durant on the second team. I have him a team below mostly just games missed. Mm. Couldn't quite get there. Pascal Siakam's been a dude. And, you know, he he missed the beginning of that season, or of the season. He's played in, like, 67 games. Like, once he got on the court, he was an absolute workhorse. And, I mean, Toronto's the five. And I'm not going to lie, 
I have no confidence Philly is going to beat Toronto in the first round. No, Toronto has like a legitimate blueprint to beat Philly like, in the first round. Like, okay, so first two games are in Philly, right? Yeah. Toronto takes one of those games. Matisse Steibel can't play in games three and four. All of a sudden, you can't defend anybody, even though Toronto may struggle in the half court. So Toronto could easily take both of those games. That's 3-1. Yeah, this could be very bad very fast for Philly. Um, I'm not saying it will be, but it definitely could be. And even with everyone healthy, let's just healthy yeah. playing. Yeah, Who's guarding Pascal? Like Tobias, Tobias Harris. Barbecue <laughs> chicken. That's 34 points a night on Tobias Harris's head. Um Pascal's been unstoppable, if we're being completely honest. Like, don't get me wrong. Fred's been good. Gary Trent's been good. You know, still have OG and other guys. It This is all about Pascal. Like, this dude has been on an absolute tear. I'm, I know he missed the beginning of the year, but I don't care. He ended up playing more. I, if Durant would have played the same amount of games, I would pick Durant. If Durant would have like been even like within five ish games, I would have picked Durant. But you know, you play a dozen more games, I, I picked Pascal. This season is like eerily close to his championship season, or the year after they won the championship in twenty twenty. Um, he played sixty games, and uh, in that season, he averaged twenty two point nine points per game. And this season, uh, he played in 68 games and averaged 22.8 points per game. And, you know, it was the darling child that year. And I think he made like an all-NBA team or made it very close to an all-NBA team that year. Ryan, you got the stats right there. How many assists did Pascal have per game this year? Assists? He had five and – almost five and a half. The most of his career, 5.3. It's just – I mean, he's been on fire this year. You watch a Toronto game. I feel like every other Toronto game, I was, you know, watching the home broadcast, and those guys were going nuts because he was scoring, like, 40 points and, you know, just, like, 10 assists or 10 rebounds and having all over the place, having huge defensive uh, stretches where he was guarding some of the the best score on the other team. Yeah. Pascal Siakam is one of my favorite players in the NBA. And I feel like he's one of the most underrated at the same time. I don't think he gets enough love. I'm glad you're giving him a second team nod here. And don't get me wrong, I get it. Like Toronto, not the sexiest team to watch by any means. But that, like that, that's a dude. Like that's yeah. a hooper now. And again, if Durant played a few more games, would have given it to Durant. But Pascal deserves a spot somewhere here. So second team. 100% okay. agree with you. I, I have him on my third team. I guess that's a good transition to talk about our third teams here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, before, I guess, before we hop to our second team, Tatum, your boy, has just been ha- – has he played himself into an MVP conversation? Like, if the forwards weren't so locked on my first team, I think you'd be getting a look at first team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll finish top five in MVP voting just because that – I feel like it's just going to be whoever's first team in NBA. Yeah. He's not basically because he took the last like five, six games off. Just, you know, I get it. 
which is cool to me. Like I'm totally yeah. fine with that. Um, but yeah, like we we got to see him in person um, in Oklahoma City, and again playing the Thunder, but watched him a ton on TV. He's playing a different game right now. Like, he's he's taken another step. You know that right before the bubble step he took, and he's taken another step beyond that with his passing, with his playmaking. That's the thing that's finally fallen into place for him this season. Yeah. Everyone else is playing checkers. He ain't even playing chess. He's playing like Connect Four or something, like with the pieces. Like he's just I, again. We can talk about the Celtics, like if they're real or not. Like if they'll even get out of the first round. Like how reliable is JB? Like can Udoka like make the adjustments he needs to make in the playoffs? All that is worthy of conversation. Jason Tatum is a two-way player. He's kind of become elite on both ends. Yeah. And like you said, now he's not just a scorer anymore. Like he's a full fledged NBA superstar. Yep. So you're right. He should be on the first team. There's no room for him this year. But uh, I, if you had to like just put all the guys in NBA in a line and say you're starting a franchise, you get a player for the next 10 years. I mean, he's. He ain't making it too far in that draft. Right? <laughs> He's not making it to three. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, love him. Um, John and Steph had great first team cases for a while this year, but just again injuries yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, very deserving second team. So, yeah, kind of surprising here. I, I I've been uh, uh, as Matt has said anti. Carl Anthony Towns on this podcast and I have him on my second team so can we lay that argument to rest now that's fine I, I'll still never get over your reaction to my cat Milwaukee idea from like a year ago or whatever about if you took Giannis off the Bucks last year and replaced him with cat they still would have finished as a top four East seed like stop it I'm not saying stop they're the championship but he was that good last year. He's been even better this year. I, I'll stand by it. Carlton Towns has been good, is good. Chris Finch just makes the rest of the team look competent now. So, yeah, cat all the way. You know, I'm not, I'm gonna save that take for this offseason. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one away. But I got I got I think I have a spicy take for you at some point uh, down the line. Um, let's move on to our third teams. Um, Matt, why don't you give your third team first since yeah. I've been given mine first? Yeah, a couple differences here. So LeBron and Durant are the, like the obvious ones here. So again, even with the injuries, they both played enough games. They're the forwards for me. Demar, I know he didn't have the best end to the season, but again, looking at the whole year, I got to get him a spot on here. Calling him a guard. So I am too. Yeah. The two that I have different now, the one I feel the most confident in is Bam Adebayo. Mm. So Miami Heat, best record in the league. Uh, I feel like they needed a representative, first of all. Again, said it all year, I believe Bam's their best player. Like, I know they have Jimmy. I know they don't got Kyle Lowry. I know everyone loves to talk about Tyler Hero now. Bam Adebayo's their best player. Defensively, again, I don't know who defensive player of the year is in my brain. Bam may not have played enough games for it. He 
he might be the most impactful defender in the NBA. Like him and Giannis to me are like the two where it's like, I don't care if I stick you in front of the rim. I don't care if I stick you in the corner. I don't care if I stick you out on the point guard and stop the key. You're defending everybody every which way and nobody can do anything about it. So defensively, he deserves all the credit in the world. But then offensively, like, don't get me wrong, like he's not a perfect player, but man, that guy really does make their offense go. Like, mm. if they have a league average center in Miami, like, just on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think their offense is even half as good as it is now, and it's not very good now. <laughs> so I think Bam is really propping up that team in so many different ways that we just don't realize. Mm. Um, I, I'm here for all all the Bam, you know, power. I get Gobert. I get other centers, but no one makes a, like an impact on both sides of the ball in as many different ways for the number one seed in the East, like Bam Adebayo does. Hold on. So let me get this straight. I don't see you have Donovan Mitchell on any of your All-NBA teams, but I see you have Bam Adebayo. Does that mean you're taking Bam Adebayo over Donovan Mitchell, Matt? Can I get you on record saying that? In what setting? <laughs> this was a long time ago podcast. This is a deep cut. I think I'm the only one who remembers. We made like a top five under 25. We did our own version. I think I had Bam of Donovan Mitchell. And then you came at me again for uh, hitting Donovan Mitchell. So Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> hey, I didn't think Donovan was great this year. Like, I thought he was like a top 30 player. but I, I looked at him for 13 guard. I just couldn't. Yeah. There yeah. wasn't a spot. Um, yeah, my team, my team, on the other hand, is CP3 and DeRozan as my two guards, Siakam and LeBron James, and then Rudy Gobert as my center. Um, I think kind of the same sentiment you're saying about Bam. Rudy is like the centerpiece to a top defensive team when he's on the court and when he's off, it just falls apart. Yeah. I'm not going to knock him for the perimeter stuff. The Jazz are just can't defend on the perimeter, so he has to defend everything yeah, at the rim, and that's not on him. I think he's a, he's one of the best defenders in the league, um, and offensively, like he clearly just doesn't get any touches, so it's kind of hard to grade him on that side of things, but I can't blame you for taking Bam. Um, like It is close, but if I just have to have a preference – I'm going to pick Bam. Like, yeah. I, and it's nothing even like Rudy Gobert, like the personal stuff and the, all the, you know, back and forth jabbing with Donovan Mitchell. Like, I don't even care. I just, if I want to think who's the best basketball player, I just think Bam's better. Who, yeah. who Who's the best 15 players this year? Yeah. Who's, you know, we get four centers this year, but we have to kind of jerry-rig it. And if you're talking just about the three best centers, like, Rudy's doesn't make this list. Yeah, definitely not. So um, the one last difference we need to talk about here, you have Chris Paul on your yep. third team. I do. I do not. Yep. My final guard. And again, I don't even know if he's technically qualified as a guard or not. When I look at their lineups, like he's like most used lineups, he's playing a guard spot. So Brandon Negram. I, I'm so, I'm so that's impressive that you went that bold. Yeah, I mean, like, so where the Pelicans went justifying 
the yeah. guard thing. Like they're <laughs> I think the most commonly used lineup <laughs> still involves like Devontae Graham and Josh Hart, which is funny. <laughs> but um like you have Valanchunas, Herb Jones are like the two staples of like every most used lineup they have. Uh, and, then Herb. You start, and then you start getting into like Jackson Hayes. Okay, those are three definite front court players. <laughs> like I know Herb Jones only technically qualified as forward, even though he probably could qualify as a guard also. He only qualified as forward. So if those are like your three like main starters, well then you Ingram can't be another forward then or a front court player. So he has to be a guard, right? Right. And next to McCollum. Um, and so this year, like, even though he did play with like Graham and Hart, like if Herb Jones is going to count as a forward, Josh Hart can count as a forward too. Cause they're like the exact same size and player and everything. So I think Ingram just from a lineup perspective, honestly did play guard a lot this year. Um, now from a just Brandon Ingram, why does he deserve to be here perspective? Again, Pelicans started the year god awful. Oh and right? ten. We were writing him off. Oh and ten. No Brandon Ingram. He comes back. All of a sudden, this team, I mean, don't get me wrong, like they didn't finish with a great record. But all of a sudden they don't suck. <laughs> like, he took a team that like sucked. And he carried them. He got them in a position to like win. Mm. And then when the Pelicans realized, like, oh crap, Brandon Ingram is carrying us to the play-in. Like, can we help this guy out? Then they go get CJ and get that last final push. Um, they needed to get to the play-in tournament, not the playoffs, the play-in. But still, right. Brandon Ingram like kind of took the weight of the franchise on his shoulders this year. Dealt with the whole Zion thing. Said, fine. You don't want to be here. I'm going to do this myself. And but the stats do back it up also for Brandon Ingram. This isn't just like an eye test, watch how the team turned out thing either. Brandon Ingram this year went for 23, 6, and 6. Like that's in line with every other player we have up here, like in the all NBA. Shot 33% from three, so that was a little bit of a dip, but still like respectable enough. Like, still the essentially the point guard for large majority majority of the season until CJ got there. No one else on that team was doing anything with the ball. Like, like love Herb Jones, right? Probably going to make an all rookie team. You don't ask him to dribble. (laughs) That's not his thing. Like Jose, you're not turning the keys of the kingdom that offense over to Jose Alvarado, who's another nice player. Yeah, but they clearly gave up on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, that was done. That was Graham, like, Devontae Graham, yeah. Kind of been a mess this year, which we kind of knew was going to happen, but, you know, a mess. The team shipped out Lonzo (laughs) to to basically just give Brandon Ingram the ball. Yep. They had no one else, and every team in the world they played knew it. And Brandon Ingram just said, I don't care. I'm just going to do amazing things and carry this franchise. And did. So I totally get CP3. I know his stats aren't like awesome, awesome, but I get it. Best just in the like, league. yeah, but, just the fact that like, the fact that if you're like within a five, if you have a five point lead on the Suns 
and the last two minutes of the game, you're essentially losing the game. Like, that's how good this team has been, right? And, like, CP3 has been the heart of it along with Booker. And I think because of that, they get they deserve a nod. Um, I, I, he's just been – like, you watch a Suns game, and he's just been – he's one of two best players on the floor at any given time. Yeah. No, I know. And, again – makes complete sense like and not it's not even like a be different thing you know like Chris Paul played in 65 games like still averaged 15 and 11 this year like he was good like he really was like phenomenal I just you know like there's I mean there's other players who the NBA has a lot of good players yeah you know that's the thing. Someone's going to get left off. Some ones are going to get left off. Yep. And that's the unfortunate thing. It, it's – you kind of just got to pick. Um, and I can't blame you for having CP3 off your list. Um, because, you I mean, but like you said, Brandon Ingram essentially drugged this – like this team in the first 10 games buried itself in a hole. And Brandon Ingram got a shovel out and freaking cleared that dirt and drugged this team into the play yeah, what the Pelicans' record? Let me pull this up real quick. Um, they finished the year thirty-six and forty-six, so they were a five hundred team the rest of the year once they got Brandon Ingram. Yeah, like they- which is that? I mean, I don't know what their post like trade. What was their post trade deadline record with CJ? Mm. It has to be over five hundred, right? Me pull us up, but probably um, Pelicans. And let's let's get this going. I love pulling up a team's basketball reference page just for the sole fact of like the random players that come up <laughs> with it, you know? Yeah. Like you just type in Pelicans and like there's Chris Paul and Drew Holiday and like all kinds of random things um, at that point. Uh, that let me get this game log and what did they acquire uh it was like right at the trade deadline right yeah so that uh would have been like beginning of february so from uh february 8th through the end of the year let's see here so I guess while you're looking up this Pelicans thing, the thing that sold me on Chris Paul is that he was a plus 10 and a half while on the floor. His offensive rating was 124 and his defensive rating was 107 with a usage percentage of 20%, essentially. And pretty good. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's, if he had 10 more points scored per game, like he would be in the MVP conversation. I mean, yes, yeah, no, he definitely would have. But but it's I, hard because there's other great MVP. Like to get in that top like three, you have to be like an all time great. But does he like knock Booker out at that point? Like I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, the Pels were fifteen and fourteen. Um. 
post All Star or post trade. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Yeah, had had a few rough stretches in there, but um, close the season strong. So aside from the last two losses of the year, Um, but anyway, yeah, like I get Chris Paul. Like he definitely could have, should have been in the MVP conversation, especially if he averaged more, but. Then you always get into the thing where it's like him and Booker would like knock themselves out because they're right. on team, which happens every year. And then like Tatum would have just been taking like the fifth spot, you know. That's a fair point. But that's fair. Yeah, it's a good point though. Um, again, if I had a fourth team on BA, CP3 would be on it. So get, get everyone a participation medal here, Ryan. <laughs> uh, someone pitched that. Uh, idea. I was talking to someone. He was like, "Do you think that they would do a fourth team All NBA?" And I was like, "Yeah, probably not. It gets Why not a fifth, sixth. Uh, there, there. It gets pretty thin. It gets pretty thin once what you get to fourth team. Would Austin Reeves land on? Would Austin Reeves? Yeah. What what team number? Like fifty eighth? Like what? <laughs> I was thinking more like fifth. I feel comfortable putting him on fifth team All NBA. He uh he might have finished. 24th team. All <laughs> um, yeah, Hillbilly Mamba there. Shout out. Hillbilly Mamba. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's it for our podcast, Matt. Do you have anything you want to add before we uh, close this out? No, I think I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was the thing you had to get. That was the one last. Uh, Matt, we'll uh, do our season awards. Uh, for the next podcast we did all NBA but we'll do MVP rookie of the year all of those uh, fun ones that we talked about um, but that's been it for episode 137 thank you so much for listening and we will see you back for episode 138 yeah.